to the Duck Pond Wall, just a little show here on WEHC where we sit and catch up with one of our awesome graduates and we kind of pretend like we're sitting on the Duck Pond Wall having a conversation. Brian, did, did you ever do that when you were a student? Oh, Lord, all the time. Yeah, and I can I can make believe right now. That's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being with me today and having this conversation. I really appreciate it. You are doing some exciting things, but before we get to this exciting new project, let's tell everybody a little bit about what you do about your work as an artist in the community. And let's talk about that just a little bit for starters. Sure. Uh, I'm, my name is Brian Surway, and I was a Emory and Henry graduate of spring 2013. Uh, I, I was a major in political science and philosophy, and I use both those degrees in my hobbies and in my, you know, talking to people. But uh, <laughs> I've always been an artist uh, all my life. My mother was an artist, and uh, it was one of those things where, it was a hobby all my life, but I never thought, you know, I'd be able to do it professionally, make a living out of it. And then one day the, the internet just, you know, I got lucky. It was a roll of dice type of thing. I just put my work out there long enough and enough eyeballs started seeing it. And uh, for the past five years, I've, I've been doing art uh, professionally as a full-time job. I, I do commission work. I do print work. Uh, I sell my work online. Uh, I do uh, album covers and book illustrations and all all sorts of things. I've, I've, I wear I'm a jack of all trades. I, I wear many different hats, but I got to be my uh, my own publicist and my own manager and my own bookkeeper. And you know, it's 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 dizzying for somebody as neurotic as myself, but I enjoy. It. I'm going to make you unpack that a little bit. First of all, I'm sorry I didn't say your whole name. I was having technical issues and I forgot to say your name. So thanks for saying that for starters. But let's start. Think with the whole concept of how you have come to this place where things are going so well, you're so you kind of credit the internet for that. Yeah, I mean, as, as as much as I could talk bad about the internet all day, uh, I have to thank it for that. And I mean, my you know my mother tried to be an artist all of her life, and you know you, it was a different time. You know, you can't on the internet. You're kind of just all have the the affordability for people to just kind of see your work in different countries and in different states and you know it's it's one of those roll the dice things you know you gotta the algorithm is you know <laughs> it is what it is to to people on social media and and sometimes you just get lucky and I got lucky. Well that's interesting I know I've got a friend who's doing a class right now about you know how to get your website noticed mm -hmm. more and what keywords to use and those kinds of things and yeah. So in addition to like just saying, hey, I'm a cool artist and here's my work, did you have to do some work to like know how to really market yourself on the internet? I mean, I had a lot of friends who were gaining, you know, internet friends and people I knew in real life that did things that worked for them. So I, you know, I was kind of like piecing together like a Frankenstein monster, all these different, you know, ideas and ways to do things. But, you know, the, the internet landscape on social media with Instagram and Facebook and all those things, they change so much that it's hard to pinpoint what works and what doesn't. And I, the only thing I can credit that I know for sure is putting my work out there all the time. I mean, I, I work very small. So anytime I would finish a piece, I would just put it out there. And, you know, so it's, it's kind of like the lottery, you know, you put it out enough, you buy enough tickets, you're, you know, you're kind of increasing your odds. But I, I credit that. And I, I also just credit the fact that I, I stayed consistent with it. And I kind of just built a style over time from just doing it so darn much that it was just one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I think you got to be stubborn as hell to to be a successful artist, but you all yeah. have to be lucky as hell too. <laughs> Well, you also have to be good as hell. And that's a whole different thing because you can't 
I mean, I could put my stuff out there, Brian, and you know, I could put it out there every 10 minutes and I'm not going to get picked up because I'm not an artist. You have to be good. I think that's where the stubbornness comes in though, too. Cause it's like, if you do it long enough, you'd be surprised at how, how good you get, you know? I mean, I, I, I look at stuff I did, you know, 10, 15 years ago and some of it I think is better than the stuff I do now, but I was in a different headspace, you know, it's like you kind of evolve and change where you're at and you get better at a certain type of thing, you know, and like you'll, you'll do something for long enough, you know, like, Hey, I like this little nuance I do. I'm going to continue to do that. And it just, it kind of snowballs over time. Well, so when you first graduated from Emory and Henry, did you like say, thank you for my diploma. Now I'm going to go be an artist or did you start out doing something else? Oh no, I, I, I did so many different things. And I mean, Emory and Henry for me was kind of, it, what it did for me was it broke me out of my shell because I was very secluded. I didn't, you know, even though I was in a fraternity, I didn't, you know, like to hang out with folks all that often. I didn't like to be in crowds. And I, I volunteered with the Emory and Henry Garden a lot. And that kind of pushed me and motivated me to do more community service work. And I, uh, I kind of tried out a bunch of different things out of college. And I, I was like, I, I don't know if I want to go to grad school. I don't know if I want to you know, start making money now because I'm already in, you know, a lot of debt. And so I tried out a bunch of different things, but I, about a year out of graduating, I uh, settled on doing AmeriCorps for a year. And so I, I worked in AmeriCorps uh, for Appalachian Sustainable Development for a year and I loved it. It kind of, that also helped me just kind of like enjoy community work and enjoy just doing things that like were outside myself and outside my comfort zone. Because I, you know, outside of gardening with my grandmother growing up, I had never known anything about sustainable agriculture or anything like that, but I got so invested in it. And it was one of those things where it was like also completely outside of what my degree was, but, you know, <laughs> political science and the philosophy helped because I did a lot of public speaking. So it was a lot of, it, it got me used to that. I feel like now I'm at a point where I'm kind of bridging my love for, you know, commu community service and just, you know, community growth with art. So it's kind of like, I'm marrying my two passions in a way. I was going to say, all your loves are coming together. It's like a reunion story. I'm very lucky. Well, and I, you know, I just went to an ASD event the other night and it was delightful. Okay. Yeah, it was just delightful. I, it was really fun to hear about the good work that they do. So it makes me happy that you work. I, well, I was at the, the Pride event this weekend and I got to uh, talk to a lot of folks I used to work with that I hadn't seen in, in a long time. So it was exciting. So you were doing some other things and you say that the internet really sort of helped launch you so what was that moment for you what was that moment you're like oh my gosh somebody has <laughs> noticed me and I'm going to actually get to do something with this I will say there was a moment because what had happened was I it, it's ironic I had gotten to this place where you know a lot of artists are you know, kind of too uncomfortable to put their work out there and, and it you know I, I had gotten to this point where I was just like well I don't think I'm ever going to make a living off of this. I don't think I'm ever going to make this a thing. So I, I had kind of just removed ego from the equation. I was just like, it was kind of like journaling. I, I would, I would draw something every night when I would get home from work and I would just put it out there and I would do that. I did that for about a year and you know, it was kind of just bouncing around my own echo chamber of people that followed me. And then one day uh, I woke up and I noticed that an art magazine out of Australia that I had followed for years called Beautiful Bazaar had reposted one of my pieces. And they, you know, they had hundreds of thousands of followers. And so I had gained like 10,000 followers over a night. Holy and I was like, cow. what? <laughs> Where I was just like, well, I guess I better 
keep doing this because it, you know it, it, maybe it'll turn into something. And I had had a I had had a web you know website for my art and all that had like a commission form and so I'd gotten a couple requests to do like animal portraits and things like that and so I just started doing them and doing them and then I was like I don't know if I keep doing this I might not have to work my day job anymore <laughs> and it just got to that point where it was like I was you know I was hustling all the time I was I was working constantly and I was single at the time I'm married now and so I was able to kind of just you know my roommate had a nine to five like me and I would just you know, once I quit my job, I would just draw all day and like into the evening. I probably only got like four or five hours to sleep every night. And I, I, I've always been a, a, a less of a night owl now, but I used to be like a, I would stay up till two, three in the morning, just, just painting. And, and that was kind of my life, you know, cause I was already introverted. So I was just like, and I had about a two year period where I, that's all I did. You know, I just, just I painted through. and I, I would take anything that someone would come up and they go, Hey, I want you to doll draw my, my dog that just passed away I, I want to memorialize him and I'd be like okay and I would just take it and I would just take any opportunity I got even if it was something out I I had a guy one time that wanted me to draw him and his wife as mermaids and I was like <laughs> that's really weird and I don't know that I feel comfortable with that but sure I'll do it this is like you know you just you take anything you can get because I was just I was throwing everything at the wall and seeing what would stick sure. that that really helped and just kind of doing I, I I started making stickers I started making shirts and you know just kind of trying to diversify all the different ways I could sell my work and people would you know appre appreciate it in different ways and and I eventually kind of landed on a rhythm and I was able to do less commissions and kind of do more of my own personal work and uh, I bought a, a an artisan printer which is just basically like a big you know larger inkjet printer that I could uh, do all my print work off of so I could sell and replicate. And that was kind of the way that I was able to make a living off of it. That's kind of still where I'm at, where I will draw something, I'll scan it or I'll photograph it. And I, you know, I'll edit all the dust and stuff out of it. And then I can make prints. All right. So for folks, and we're going to do lots of links to your, to your website and to your work as we do a little written piece for the website, but for the alumni website, but tell me this, if you had to sort of, qualify your art if, or give somebody maybe a little notion of what your art is sounds like for a while you were like you say doing whatever came along but you have a style you have a certain style so how would you how would you sort of qualify your work I would say it's kind of uh I guess like Appalachian creepy cute folk art or something like <laughs> or like um or or, or like if uh, Charlotte uh, at Art Speaks was asking me this the other day and I was like I, you know, it's so, it's such a surreal question, but it's like, I, you know, I guess I describe my work as like ephemeral and like cosmic and ethereal. That's probably the best way to describe it. But uh, I use mostly watercolor and uh, I work mostly monochromatically. And then I'll have, sometimes I'll have like, just like a little bursts of color in my work. I do believe I recall a really, you said Appalachian creepy cute. I recall <laughs> a really adorable, um, Mothman, baby Mothman that you did. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you're right. He was creepy and he was adorable. <laughs> I like the juxtaposition. You know, I, I like <laughs> I like kind of working in binaries and, and kind of crossing those lines. It's just fun for me. Well, I think it's time though. We got to get to the to the big news because you got oh, you sure. got a humongous project coming up. Yep. I want to remind everybody real quick who we're speaking with. It's Brian Surway, Emory Henry, class of 2013, and we're so glad to have him with us today. And you're getting ready to open up a store, an actual brick and mortar facility. Tell us about that. 
Well, it's funny because I have people that will ask me about it and they'll be like, so it's all your work? And I'm like, no, I'm barely in it. I've got some stickers and that's better. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll kind of circle back from like the, where the genesis of the idea came from and I'll, I'll try to as possible. But, um, you know, we were talking about Richard Graves earlier. He's, he's one of my closest friends and I've watched him blossom as an artist in this region over the past couple of years as he's transitioned into doing art full time. And I've worked with him and a bunch of other people in the Tri-Cities community doing uh, a uh, art market series the past couple of years since COVID, where I've basically just been partnering with a brewery in the Tri-Cities, whether it be Elder Brew or Little Animals or High Voltage in Kingsport, and having an event where people can come out and support local artists, where they can just have a, a booth pop up and people can drink and be merry and hang out and you know the, the brewery benefits and the artist benefits and then it's you know it's kind of a communal type of thing and we've had so much success with those events i mean we did we did the first one in johnson city um at little animals which is a brewery that opened during the height of the pandemic and um we had over 500 people come to that event oh my we we uh had so many folks come out we, we do them at night they're called the nocturnal art market series and they go from, usually they go from like six to 10. That's usually the, the, the runtime of them. And we have artists just kind of set up a six by six or like a, a, a like a six foot booth and yeah. a table, and they can kind of just do whatever they want with the space, whether they're a print artist or a ceramics artist, you know, just selling a rich work. And every time we've done one, they've just been more successful. I mean, uh, we've had artists make between 500 and $1,200 in a three hour period. I mean, like oh, man. It, it's incredible. That's and fantastic. It, and it's just, and it's so fun for me because it's like we were talking about earlier. I just get it. The, the selfish part of me is like, I get a high out of just seeing folks interact with local art and going, this, this is a Kingsport artist. This is a Bristol artist. I, I live just five minutes down the road from this person. And they, yeah. they're local. I just, as my grandmother used to say, I get tickled to death. That, that, that's <laughs> just how I feel every time I see uh, uh, you know, a, a, a neighbor, you know, just introduce themselves and, and meet an artist that's local and realize they're local and realize when they're buying their art, they're not just supporting that artist, but they're supporting the community because it's going back into the local economy. And I, uh, you know, doing that for the past couple of years, I just kind of got this feeling of like, well, I want to make this like a permanent fixture. And my buddy uh, and business partner, Justin Raybuck, he owns a gallery in Asheville, uh, North Carolina, called Horse and Hero. And I have some of my art in there. It's on Patton Avenue, if you ever are in Asheville. And it's, it's like the most non-pretentious art gallery you ever go into. Because you, go, what you walk in, there's original art on the walls, but there's also you know, printmaking, there's postcards, there's stickers, there's enamel pens, there's t-shirts. And, you know, just inexpensive stuff that you could buy from a local artist and just, you know, pick up a postcard, pick up a sticker and spend less than $20, you know, and then yeah. your buddy local. So I told him, I was like, I really want to do something like what you're doing here in Bristol, because, it, you know, I live in Johnson City now, but Bristol is kind of my home. I, I consider Bristol my home and I love State Street. And I was like, I, it's kind of the Mecca, the Tri-Cities. And I would love to do something on State Street just like this, but for local artists here. And he was like, well, I'll partner with you on it. So <laughs> I was not expecting that was a response. I was expecting him to just give me some advice. And I was right. like, okay. And he's been you know, doing what he's been doing for the better part of 10 years now. And they're very successful down there. And so we've, you know, we, we started looking for a building about 
half a year ago. And that, you know, just in December, there were a lot more buildings for sale on State Street because the casino hadn't opened up yet. And we got very lucky where we were able to purchase uh, the first floor of a building that's across the street from Paramount. We uh, we were able to just buy the first floor of the building because the second two floors are lofts that are owned. So we didn't have to like make this monumental purchase where and and the building was in great shape. And so we were kind of all the renovations we've done to it are pretty much aesthetic, just painting and redoing the floors and and some of the electrical work and stuff like that. And and so it's been a, you know. All things considered, a very smooth process up to this point. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what we plan to do here is, you know, it's going to be when we start out, there'll be around 50 artists in here. Um, wow. Around 70% of them are just Tri-Cities artists. And then the remainder are surrounding region. You know, we've got people from Asheville. We've got people from Kentucky, West Virginia. North Carolina, people I've met over the years and people that, you know, I've met at fairs, art fairs, and I love their work. And yeah, it's the, the goal of it is kind of just be like around the clock artist farmers market. That's kind of the... the, the I know, I love that. Well, and, uh, you know, it, hearing you talk, one of the things that really strikes me is that we, we work so hard mm-hmm. in food and that sort of thing to try to say support local and take care of local. But we, you know, art isn't such an obvious part of what we need to support locally. And I don't think we always think about that. Well, and I think the interesting thing is I did the uh, Believe in Bristol grant for for uh, upcoming businesses. And we, we got in fifth place in that. And I'm very happy with that because we, we got some money for the building. Um, but when I was doing my presentation to them, I said, you know, when we think of Appalachian art, what we think of is usually textiles and barns and landscapes. And it's like, and that has its place just as much as country music does in Bristol. And that's, you know, that's history. That's important. But we have plenty of that. You know, it's like, I want, what we want to do is we want to expand what the notion of what being an Appalachian artist is, because, you know, when people come to our, our markets, they go, this is a local artist, this, this weird thing, you know, like that <laughs> local artist. Of that. And it's like, yeah, that that is just as much, uh, you know, valuable Appalachian art as anything. Right. And the difference is, you know, this is a younger generation. And, and we're, you know, we're not in any way trying to fixate on age in any way. But it's like we want to give a more modern, holistic sensibility to what Appalachian art can be and kind of round those corners. Well, and a more modern, holistic sense of what Appalachia is. I'm going to just shorten your sentence to that because I do think it's really easy to pigeonhole Appalachia, you know, into just being barn art and and chicken and dumplings. (laughs) Well, right. And, and, And to me, what being an Appalachian artist means is, you know, obviously you live here and, and you're just inspired by the region. It's like for me, my wife and I love to go hiking and we love to be outdoors and we love to garden and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I'm inspired by the fo- the flora and the fauna and just like the natural ancient beauty of the mountains in this area. And that is Appalachian art just as much as, you know, doing a, a barn textile is, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not just a traditional type of thing. And so I think more than that, what you know when I graduated Emory I saw a lot of my friends you know leave this area you know understandably they wanted to explore and I wanted to explore and they were kind of like I'm never going back you know I want to go to the big city and I I I live when I was younger when my parents got divorced I lived in Florida and so I've experienced the big cities and the and I'm just like I love living here you know I, I moved back here for a reason and I the the 
the notion that I want people to take pride in, you know, being from here, people that are my age and younger, I want them to, to look at that and go, someone that, you know, lives close by me did that. And that, that I want them to, you know, feel that sense of just like honor and living in the Tri-Cities, you know, like, oh, mm. because I think so many older folks feel that and they, you know, they say, oh, it's not the same way it used to be. And it's like, well, in many ways, that's true. And in many ways, it's not. And I want people, you know, of our generation to just feel like they have a place and they have a voice and they, you know, it's just a, a place, a physical place where people can come and just, you know, celebrate and meet new people too. You know, it's like. Yeah, I love what you said about allowing space for younger people to feel like they have a place in Appalachia because, you know, we talk a lot about the brain drain out of Appalachia, but I think that, you know, people feel like there's younger people feel like there's not a place where they can fit in and be themselves and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, seeing things like this project, like your art and hearing things about this project, that kind of, you know, that's exciting to me. I would think that that if, if you all can make, it's like the old adage, we'll switch it. If you, if you can make it in Appalachia, you can make it anywhere. And so right. you know, if you can make that work here, I mean, how exciting. Well, and, and I think, you know, I would have never been as inspired to do this if I hadn't already, you know, seen friends be successful at it in the sense that, you know, I know Chris, the owner of Elder Brew and M, the owner of Bloom downtown, we're good friends. And, you know, they have kind of provided a like a, a haven for younger people to just go and eat and hang out. And, and so people have reasons to come downtown now, you know, beyond just just eating and leaving or just walking around and leaving. And so, you know, with the casino coming in and everything else, it's like, I've, I've just seen such a massive influx of just, you know, passerby traffic, just people mm -hmm. walking by and, and it's, it's inspiring. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think I could imagine doing this anywhere else because it's, it's really excited to be in that moment where you're seeing that growth and you're like, I want to be a part of that growth. Right. I want to, you know, I, I know what I like doing. I know what I'm passionate about. And I, I want to use that as a force for change in a way that makes me feel fulfilled, but also, you know, is beneficial, you know? It's fun. It's fun to see you sort of grab the ring while it's in the process of changing, yeah. because, yeah. you know, it's one thing to say, oh, okay, well, this is going to work, but you're sort of at that cusp. And you're still having the courage to give it a try. I noticed that Bloom is moving into a bigger space. Is that right? Oh, yeah. And there, so we're on the Virginia side and they'll be about a block down from where we're at. I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, I, I've gotten a chance and showed me the building. And it is, it is in, incredible looking. Like I cannot wait for everyone to see it because it, you're inside of it. And you feel like you're in a big city when you're, it's, it's just interesting because it's like the way it's lit and the way, you know, it's decorated. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, I I'm so happy that it's going to be kind of in the center of state street. Cause I feel like that will just, you know, it'll be like a, a, a fixture of downtown and art. I mean, they already are, but I mean, it's, it's going to make that even more true. I ate there for the first time Saturday, right before the parade, the pride parade. Mm -hmm. And a little group of Emory and Henry students came down the street and you could tell that's exact. That's right where they were going. And oh, they, yes, of course. like six went in and five came out and they laughed and said, well, we've already lost one. And so they just kind of kept rolling, <laughs> but you know, they, they clearly knew all about that space. And so I thought that was kind of cool. It is. And there's, I mean, it's crazy. There's so many great places to eat now. There's bloom, there's angry Italian, there's Delta blues, there's bistro. Uh, there's going to be main street pizza where bloom used to be. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much stuff like it's, it's crazy. And I'm, 
I, I'm, I'm really excited for that because I, I love eating. That's like my favorite thing to do. So, <laughs> so it's why we can be friends, Brian. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, we just, just do the do the circles around downtown and just hit all the restaurants. Okay, so we're we're running short on on time here, so I want to okay. make sure that we get in the information. So you guys are planning to open up Rhythm and Roots Weekend, which is both yes. wonderful and terrifying. It is, and I hope we can be open like a few days before Friday. Like I, I think we'll probably open like Tuesday or Wednesday, and just kind of be like, "Hey," and open the door and just get a couple people in just to get used to everything. But yeah, I, I, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot, but I'm very excited for it. We plan to be open Wednesday through Sunday. That's gonna be our, our initial start, and I think on the weekdays we'll be open about eleven to six, and then on the weekends we'll be open probably like noon to eight, and then when we start. And uh, show like group shows and opening receptions and things like that next year will probably on those nights will be open to like nine or 10. Well, and you've said you've got about 50 artists in there. Are there, I mean, I know you can't play favorites, but we don't have time to talk about all 50. <laughs> are there, are there a couple that you'd like to tell us about to make sure that we come in and check out their stuff? Yeah. So R Richard and Brett, of course, who we talked about earlier, Richard Graves and Brett Cook, um, my friend Case Ellidge, uh, they're, uh, they're a Brit local Bristol artists. I'll just shout out Bristol artists. How about that? <laughs> How about that? That works. I'll go, I'll go Tri-City. Um, there's Allie Burke, who's probably my favorite artist in Kingsport. Uh, she, she, does, she does stuff similar to mine where it's, it's kind of weird and it's kind of cute at the same time. Uh, she does a lot of Halloween themed stuff, so it'll be perfect for this season. Oh, good. And then uh, we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of, we're trying to, do, I mean, we're, we're mostly going to be a print shop in terms of that'll be the, the plurality of what we'll have, but we're also going to have some ceramics and we'll have, um, you know, some enamel pins and some patches and uh, we'll have some wall hangings and things like that. And then obviously original art as well. Yeah. Well, I think it sounds out fantastic. And I, and you know, Richard Graves visited my house recently and, and, you know, he kind of, I don't know, he made me think about seriously about what you all are doing in terms of, for instance, when art festivals a lot of times happen in the region, we bring in artists from other places with, you know, sort of a predictable lot of stuff. And, you know, we don't really make space for local artists. And I really hadn't thought about that until he said that, that there are some traditional art festivals in the region that don't really make space for folks who live right here and do very interesting, cool stuff. And how, how sad that is. I just hadn't considered that. Well, and, and like, I, I don't want to get on a rant here, but again, I mean, I have to attribute places like Bloom and Elder Brew who have had art shows in downtown Bristol for, you know, younger and more, you know, out there artists for the past couple of years, because that's helped me meet so many folks around here that, you know, we're just living under rocks. It's like we didn't have places to, to hang out, you know, so right. it's like meeting those people and, and making those networks and being like, wow, there are hundreds of insanely talented folks in my age range and younger and older that just you don't see on state street you don't see you know in downtown johnson city right. and you know it, we're, we're not you know we're not trying to be like oh look at us we're all high and mighty it's just like let's just have a space for that like let's let's right. be that little bit you know of what we can do here and and see how it goes well you know who else sort of opened my eyes about that was summer apostle who wants to you know she wants to summer. She wants to, you know, she wants to do more of that. That's her whole thing is she wants to be that person who, 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 who choreographs, not choreographs, what's the word I'm looking for, who puts these things Cordy. out. 
coordinates. Yes, coordinates. Well, she can choreograph if she wants to. She probably can. <laughs> anyway, she coordinates all these beautiful shows, again, of local artists, to, like you're, exactly what you're saying, to give voice to those folks who just haven't had it before. Exactly. And I, you know, I, I'm so, I'm so grateful that there are so many folks out there like that because, you know, summer is going to be that for Abingdon and Abingdon, I used to live in Abingdon. I lived in Abingdon for five years and I, 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 I see the, you know, the, the soil is, is ripe for that sort of thing. You know, it's, it's, it's just somebody's got to go in there and plant the seed and she's doing it. And I'm so grateful for that because it's like, there are so many people in the community that it's just like, I feel like I can call on and ask for help from and ask for promotion from. And, and that's, that's why I love community engagement and growth and things like that, because it's like during the age of the internet, it's like, we're desperately in need of that. It's like, we, we've gotten so brain drained from the internet and we, we think it's a coping mechanism for being in part of a real community. And it's not, you know, that's, that's not a, you know, the internet's a tool. It's not a place to be. Oh, I'm excited. Well, this is going to be fun and I can't wait to see it coming up soon because it'll be opening up the week of roughly yep. right before September 9. And so yep. we'll see, we can't wait to come visit. Will the store have some of a, something of an internet presence? So I think at first we're not going to open an online store, but eventually probably in a year from now or so, once we get, you know, rooted here, I think we're going to open all our inventory up online so we can ship things. So if, right. if a, a tourist or somebody that doesn't, you know, isn't here all the time, wants to buy something, they see something in the shop they couldn't get that day, they can go online and buy it. If anyone wants to follow us on our journey and see what type of work we'll have, just uh, if you have Instagram, it's just Holler House Bristol, all one word, and uh, that's our our website as well. H O L L E R House. Yep. All right, we're, we're going to come find you on State Street. It's going to be fun. Yep. Brian, yep. Brian Surway, Emory and Henry Class of 2013, artist and now entrepreneur. As he opens up a wonderful new art space in downtown Bristol on State Street. Can't wait to come see you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monica. And thanks you all for listening to WEHC today. And I hope that you'll come back to the Duck Pond Wall with us real soon. But keep listening to 90.7 for some great stuff coming up next. Thank you.